Yo, 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 Thought Warriors, what is up? Tyler is on as Ivan Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Real love. Real love. You don't have real love sitting out here, though. I know. I don't... I'm I'm bad at self-promoting. I got to be honest with you. I'm really bad at that. It's hard. It's hard for me to have people celebrate me or to take compliments or stuff like that. But I know. I need the real love book. If you haven't gotten it already, go get it. You can get it wherever books are sold. It's really fun. Tells the other side of the story. I've promoted it here. You know, just go get it. Go get it. But tell somebody I else. I feel to like get we got to get rid of it. Oh, we have to, because <laughs> you can still buy because, miss me with that, y'all. He just threw my book down. You heard we got to we got to promote real love. Is all the time just <laughs> um get mess me with that. Get fat, crazy, tired. Wherever books are sold. Um, I'm gonna go on an, on Zimpic. No, it got to you. Well, so here's the thing. I'm, How I've have lost, we not talked about this? So Elizabeth I'm losing. <laughs> I'm losing weight, right? Which is great. The is, natural way, good, not man. the Olympic like, way. To I be grabbed clear. the rim today. Grabbed it. July fourth. Man, I let me tell you something. I jumped up and I grabbed the rim. This is important. This, this is this, big for like for this. You know, for for ex dunker, I'm 290 pounds. A legend. So for I can show you videos. Of me <laughs> I'm 290 pounds. So to jump up and grab the rim at 290, I don't get I don't get props. You know what I'm I mean? impressed. But I will tell you something. I think I hurt my knee. Oh. The landing was a motherfucker. You you want to see a see? Here's the thing that people don't understand. You want to see people? I want to talk about something real quick. I just want to let people know this. There have been three different times at the gym that people have said stuff and I wonder why it's okay to say the stuff that they say. To you? Yeah. And they're trying to be nice. Oh, okay. So, I don't know if I told this story yet. I'm on the court and I'm playing but I'm keeping warm in between the games, Mm -hmm. right? And I got my headphones on and the team is coming down while I'm shooting on the other basket. Mm -hmm. And I didn't hear them. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lady that shoots all the time, she goes, hey, 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 hey. And I skip out of the way. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, my God, look how you moved. And I'm like, oh, what? She, You're so big. And I'm like, is that okay? You know? And, I, you know, I was. She didn't mean it that way. I was working out. I was working out. It's funny. Joel, the trainer. Um, shout out to Joel. I actually, I brought this up. So we're working out. We're squatting. And one of the other trainers walked by and says, get it, big man. And I was like, you know what's funny about that? Like, that's the only time that that's acceptable. Like, the only time it's acceptable, socially acceptable, to, like, comment on somebody is when they're bigger like that. Like, if I walked by him and I was like, hey, shorty, pump that weight. You know what I'm saying? Hey, skinny, get it. Or if it was, like, race. Little man. People say little man. If you call a short man little man. No, not a short man. I'm just saying like more say like a skinny, a like a skinnier guy. You can't do that. <laughs> what are you talking about? You can't. Like, you can't, That's not appropriate. Like, not think about it. What man. if it was my race? You say short king. What if I just walked by him and it was like, uh, hey, man, kill it, Mexican. You know? What? Like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Is is and I was. It's not. I, I don't feel a way about it. I'm just like, oh, it's interesting. Just look at me. Hey, big guy. I I don't think he means it in the pejorative way. No, people say big guy, big man. Look yeah. at the big man go. You know, like people say stuff like that, and it's not negative. So I ran and I grabbed it, 
And then I, I got thrown off balance because the fat took me forward and I was trying to go up. But the fat had a mind of its own that said, you're going forward. And I was like, I want to go up and touch the rim. And the fat was like, no, you're going this way. So I landed back on my right leg. Knee hurts. And everybody, and everyone, God damn. What they, uh, look at the big fellas. Like I got like five or ten, look at the big fellas. I didn't ask them about the big shit. But did that really bother you? It like, doesn't bother me. I'm just, I'm getting to the point to where I'm getting incredulous just by the fucking unfairness. The, 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 it, it just, the fact that it's not a thing kind of, it's not, I'm not, it doesn't bother me at all, but I'm like, why can you say big man? I guess, well, I don't think big man is a negative thing to say. I think fat is negative. I don't think big is negative. What if somebody was like, they walked past you and they was like, they saw you lifting, deadlifting, and you deadlifted something really heavy, and they went, okay, forehead. I think you were going to go there. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I could see you conjuring it up. <laughs> I, knew you were, I thought you were going to say big head. We're okay, forehead. People That's not do, right. People do say that to me. They don't, they don't just, <laughs> without knowing you, just judge you because of they the have, whole war thing yeah, they, from... Not war. <laughs> I know you're feeling a certain way about I'm trying to bring you down to my level. Don't you come and hit me. It's totally different. I I don't know. I I don't know why big guy, big is different than, than, like I said, fat or, you know, a different word like that. But it's also impressive. Like you, you had said you weigh a certain amount and you were able to lift up and go to the rim. That's impressive. You were even impressed with it. We're way ahead of July 4th. Oh, I did that. that, that, I got a long way to go. You still have a long way to go. Oh, nigga. (laughs) <laughs> so we got well, we got four months basically yeah you can do it yeah we got four months I got a long way to go I need to at least lose at least 35 pounds you could do I that. think if I get to because at 260 I was dunk, dunking pretty easy so I need to get to at least 265 to give myself a shot and that's where the Ozempic is coming in now what now Ozempic's been out there in pop culture for mm-hmm. a while now what made you finally say I think I want to do Ozempic maybe I saw... You know people? I saw a nigga that was on that Ozempic. But here's what they say about Ozempic. Nigga looks great. Here's what they say about Ozempic. What did it say? When you stop, you gain like twice the weight back. Well, that would never happen to me. Why do you say that? I have no reason. I just said that. It's just not healthy. And there are better options than Ozempic. Like what? Apparently, like Mujaro. Mujaro is what I'm talking about. Not heroin. When well, niggas do heroin, they don't. It don't come back. Munjaro. Think about Kate Moss. Wow. Take that out. No. <laughs> Believe it. Uh, Munjaro. Munjaro. Yeah, is what I talked. That's why I I, I I called today. I don't know. I'm just gonna look at. I'm just gonna look at the overall. If I mean, I know several people that was on that on Munjaro. Ozempic Munjaro. Just gotta make sure you don't get Ozempic face. What is that? It's like. You lose the weight too fast, so it's like the face goes down like this, and your neck is like this. You can see it in people. It's like Ozempic. Who has Ozempic face? Um, call call them out. Or leave it let's on the just playground. say like it was said. alive and well at the Oscars on the carpet. Oh yeah, people were talking about that. <laughs> it was everybody on that Ozzy, 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 Oh, what'd you do this oh, weekend? Ozempic. Ozempic. <laughs> you know. Had a lot of time with the girls this weekend. Okay. I saw you I hanging had, out with Nina Parker. Shout out Nina. Nina, 
so much fun. Nina planned a black girl's brunch mm-hmm. and we had ourselves a time. Pancakes? I didn't have pancakes. Okay. I had, we had a great, we went to this place called Fia. We had a great pastry thing. It was like cookie, cupcakes, coffee cake, um, churros, croissants, cinnamon rolls. It was so good. God damn, that's making my old Zimbic twitch. It was. God damn, I wish see, I when had you're on Ozempic, you're not hungry like that. So, oh, so I'm not even going to want it. Mm-mm. Okay. So it was good. Y'all had fun? It was so much fun. It was me, Fran, Sylvia, Kelly, okay. Nina. That was Fran, Sunday. Sylvia, Kelly, Nina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omarosa? Didn't fit in the group. Would you hang out with Omarosa? No. We wouldn't hang out with you? I would be curious as to why she would want to hang out with me. Omarosa calls you up right now. And she's I like, would go for a coffee and I would, would pique my interest. See? I'd be like, what? That would what be you want to so talk about? Dope. That's a dynamic duo. What? No, it's not. Why? You and Omarosa? Because we're so like-minded? No, I'm not saying you guys are like-minded. I'm <laughs> saying it's like she is a very, she's a powerhouse of a woman, Omarosa. I would just be curious to why she would even want to go to coffee. Anyways, I went for a hike. Okay, where'd you go? The one in Brentwood. Mandeville? Westridge? Never. Oh, it's a good one. It's nice. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. about five miles. And um, I know that's nothing for you because you walk Whoa, like that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you hiked five miles. Was there any? It's kind of flat. There's there like there a couple of hills. Traces of. Please don't ruin it. Please. You've already. You, I used to hike so much more until you were mountain lion. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Our boy passed away. Shout out to him. I still think about him. I know you do. P22. Then he passed away. There's eventually going to be. Because right now you can hike freely. Right? Because there's no sheriff in town. But there's eventually going to be a new sheriff. I can't. P25, P29, P31. You know what I mean? P40. There were no sightings. No sightings. No sightings. Okay. And this is like in the open. No, I had a friend. So the what the fuck is the friend? (laughs) I'm just saying I wasn't by myself. So was the friend a male or female? Female. That's that's a that's a two piece special for the mom. Oh, because females can't take care of themselves. Uh, Nigga, it wouldn't matter if it was fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. If it was a man or a woman, what would you have said if it was a man? Because if it was a man, I already know that you would sacrifice him. To the mountain, wow. <laughs> so it wouldn't even matter. But this woman—that's a two-piece spicy, two-piece extra crispy. She was black. She was white. So got dark oh, and white. Meat. Dark and white. <laughs> oh, what else did I do? Oh, and then I went to brunch with uh, one of my girlfriends, Santa Monica. So it was like girl time, catching up with the Two girls. Brunches. It was good. We went to um, we had black girls brunch. Then we just kept the party going to Soho House, uh-huh. and they have trivia. And we weren't expecting that. Interesting. And the game was totally against us. How? It was not for black folks. Just the question, the answer. White trivia. Give me an example of something that they asked. Um, where was the first? No, what was the name? What was the name of Tarzan's? Was it the monkey? The chimpanzee. What was the name of Tarzan's chimpanzee? Yeah. What, what is the element for gold? Like wow. these were these were these were some of the I was like this isn't Tarzan's even fun. chimpanzee. What's his name? What's his name? Nigga? Wouldn't that be funny? No, it would not. If that was his and name. And we were the only black table. Our they team probably named, asked that question just team, when y'all walked in. Our team it, name was <laughs> Angela Bassett did the thing. It, it was <laughs> when y'all y'all walked when y'all walked in, they were probably like, hey, 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 ask the Tarzan question now. We got some. So that's to see what they say. That's how they fuck over people. <laughs> it was, it was, uh-huh. It's cheetah. Cheetah, I knew that. 
I knew, I, I really knew that. I just couldn't think about it. Like cheetah, the the element, the element for gold is G. Mm-mm. It's O. A U. A U A U and A U. It was like it, it was like an SAT. You, it, it just it was like a standardized test that wasn't for us. We killed it on the pop culture ones. We okay. had to guess the faces of different because we were all journalists at the table. So, yeah. so that yeah, was easy. That's your wheelhouse. There was a the song, the song game was twenty songs. It got us right. What's we the song game. Like they would play a song and you had to guess the name the name of the song. It wasn't even just the artist who's named the song. They're playing like three you coins too. in a fountain. Perry Cuomo. They're like a U2. I don't know Perry a lot Cuomo of U2 songs. Phone. <laughs> I like that shit. I like that white white 50s music. Do you? Yeah, like I, um, Frank Sinatra? I wouldn't and... call him white 50s music though. Okay. who Who's a white 50s guy you like? Uh, Pat Boone. He's not 50s, is he? I think it's 50s. I, is it 40s? He's country, right? I don't think so. Pat Boone, like Pat, Pat I like Wait, the way his voice sounds. Maybe I'm thinking maybe of another Pat. Pat. Three, maybe I'm thinking of another Pat. Pat Boone, who are you thinking about? Donnie. Pat Boone is definitely in the. Donnie, 50s. are you here? Yeah. Pat Boone. It says he, he was active from '54 to the present. He's still alive. That's crazy. Pat oh. Boone's still kicking. That's not, there's another Pat that's a country singer that I think I'm thinking of. All right, Pat Boone. Yeah. You know why Pat Boone is probably still alive? Why? Because of the blood of niggas that he sucked to make his. He was covering all them black people's songs. Well, you like them. You know what I'm saying? So whatever, man. what you do this weekend? I went to Trayvon's birthday party Saturday night. That's nice. Um, <laughs> well, Magic Johnson wants to buy the Washington Commanders. ESPN just popped up. Um, I went to uh, Trayvon's birthday Y'all Saturday night. Time? Yeah, man. Lawrence Bender, Spencer, Nick. All the homies, Samir, hanging out. Trayvon's birthday party, Zaria, mm-hmm. over at Dirty Robber. All the, all, the, all the homies there. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of different talks. Shout out to D-Ray. D-Ray McKelson was there. Had a lot of talk you know, as, as family, as friends together. Um, Yesterday, I caught up on uh, Superman and Lois. I watched all. I Is that a new my, series that's out? It's been out for a couple of years now. Okay. It's about Superman and his family. They live in Smallville. Okay. I know where he lived. He's got two. Well, he also has lived in Metropolis before. He lost me. I, you know Smallville more than Metropolis? Well, there was a show. So you don't know that Superman protects Metropolis. You don't know that Metropolis is the city that he's in, the Daily Planet. No. Interesting. I would that's like that That's know. like the city? That's he the works, big, basically New like York Clark City. Kent? Okay. Yeah, so he's in Metropolis. Okay. You know, I'm not going to come down on you anymore about your lack of knowledge at, in, 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 in comic book stuff. Because I realized that I spent way too much time on that shit. No, it's just like your interest. I just, I really, I think you you more so get interested in that I have no idea about this world that you know so much about. Yeah. it Because it, I don't know what I would have been doing, right? Maybe I would have been in a gang. Maybe I would have been repping the set. I had a dream last night that I was in the low bottoms in L.A. Is that a real game? Nah, it's like, it's not a real game. It's an area of L.A. Oh. And yeah. I was down there with the Bloodstone Village chilling. I don't know why I was dreaming this. I was dreaming that I was around there. I literally dreamed that uh, me and one of my homies was driving and we saw somebody run into a store and rob the store. They came out and we was out there chilling and barbecuing and stuff. And I don't know what the fuck the dream was about. I don't know why. You were a blood. I wasn't a blood. I was with them. 
I was with the villains. So they're villains. They're the Bloodstone villains. Oh. It's a set of bloods. <laughs> I thought you were calling them villains. No, I don't I, I don't know why. I don't know if because sometimes I watch swamp stories on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if maybe I fell asleep and Swamp Stories was still playing. Cause I watch these YouTubes about different things that have happened between the gangs throughout Southern California, LA situations. Mm. I'm just interested in that type of stuff. You know what I watched? What? I have never watched, believe it or not, I'm not in the love reality shows, right? I like the housewife stuff. I like mm-hmm. the drama lifestyle. Have a junket coming up. So I was like, let me go ahead and watch the show. Love is blind. Okay. I got hooked. So I actually think you would enjoy it. I'll never try it. Okay. I vow right now. I, you probably said that about Housewives. I never well. did, but I, I can't do another one. No, 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 no. It's too much. I get it. I probably won't watch another season unless, unless I have to. But I have to admit, it's good. I understand the hype. We're on the fourth season. Never have watched it before. Mm. Very good. Also saw a good movie. It's called A Good Person. Okay. Coming out. Zach Braff wrote it and directed it. Uh-huh. Florence Pugh, Morgan Freeman, Molly Shannon. It's very good. Zach Braff is a good filmmaker. Very good. You'll like this. Yeah, I'll dig it. Mm-hmm. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll try it out. Mm-hmm. You all should. All right, Rachel, I have an idea. I want to know if you, mm. you know, if you speaking, you're speaking, you're hanging out with your friends at brunch and all of that stuff. Okay. And they're all black women. Mm-hmm. I want to do something. Mm-hmm. I want to do a higher learning summit of the sexes. Oh, the women that I was with would be fantastic for this. I want to do a higher learning summit of the sexes. Okay. This, there's narratives out there. We are the haters podcast. You hate black men. I hate black women. Okay. I think what's happening here is these conversations aren't being framed in the right way in terms of intellectually and emotionally how people feel. And I think people, and I can't, I'm not going to speak for you, but like myself, who, in terms of this conversation, I don't care about what everybody else thinks of me, but I do care about what black ladies think about me. Mm-hmm. I think there's something that we have to kind of try to get to the core of. So what I would like to do is, just like we had the watch party, yeah, I want to have a situation to where we get three or four voices, prominent black ladies, three or four voices that are black men, and we have a conversation uh, moderated and hosted by us along with the audience about how we're interacting. Okay. Summit of the Sexes. I love the title. Oh, I was going to call it a sex summit, but I don't feel like that works. You know what I mean? Because it's a sex summit, then it's like, it's a totally different thing. Yeah, you might get the wrong crowd or the right crowd. (laughs) I like it. I'm for it. We have to agree on the panel. Or should we surprise each other? No, hell no, nigga. Fuck no. What, what, what are you afraid of? Why are you no so, way. so I, serious cause, cause, about cause, that? Because we can't surprise you. We got to workshop this. And we have to invite thought warriors to this. Maybe we don't have it here. Maybe we have a place where we can have more thought warriors. We need a couple of mics. We need to get people in. We need people with different types of experience. But not too many opinions. This is why it has to I don't, be... I don't want to have too many opinions, but I do want to have a lively conversation And And I want it to be about the, this. the state of black men and black women, right? Because there was something that you said, and I don't want to say the wrong thing on the last podcast when we were talking about it, about like where we are now, or maybe it was when Reese uh, was I, here and we were talking about... Ben Affleck. Excuse me, Donnie? Donnie, what the fuck? Donnie, what are you talking about? My bad. 
Why the fuck well, are we talking why, about Ben why Affleck? We, why are we talking about Ben Affleck? Leave this in. Donnie, what are you doing? I just saw this video of Ben Affleck code switching. And I was debating to myself whether or not I should add this in the rundown. Is this a recent video? Is this, 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 uh, you want to put this in the rundown? Donnie. Send it to the chat. Send it to the chat. And who gave you the right? <laughs> Hold on. While we're discussing something this serious, all, all I hear is Ben, ben Affleck. <laughs> what the hell? We Make haven't sure been able to in. hear Donnie this entire time, but he made sure we heard Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. What the hell are you doing, Donnie? Who are you talking to? Anyway, Rachel, you were saying? No, I, I there was something that you said, and it was more of like where we are, the way we understand each other right now. Like what? I feel like there's a hump we almost need to get over because a lot of times on this podcast, we have there'll be a tweet or there'll be mm-hmm. something that happens in the culture and black women and black men seem to have such, be on polar op, opposite, have polar opposite opinions on the matter. So I think the state of us be a good, good conversation. A, a good event. It's like a live, uh, like here's it. the thing, here's the thing. I don't mean to overstate this because I do think sometimes if you're on social media too much, this could be overstated. It seems like all black men and black women do is fight if you're on social media. And I'm in black households with black women, black women and black men all the time. And it seems like people are, it's, you know, but there are things sure. and there are things. I want my mom to be on this. On the panel? I want my mom to be there because my mom has a lot of musings about black men that I think people need to hear. I think it'd be great to like refer to, to Miss Crystal. All right. Uh, we got to talk about President Trump now. Your favorite thing to talk about. You love him. I know. I've been waiting for this topic. I mean, I feel like it's been a while since we've, had the opportunity yeah. to really do Fuck a deep his entire dive. life. Just can't believe that, whatever. Uh, and later on, we're going to have Chelsea Stark-Jones. She's the podcast manager here at The Ringer. She's got a new podcast coming out. Uh, and it's really interesting. It's called Blackballed. I'll let you guys kind of figure out what the what the podcast is about. I'll tell you when we introduce her. We'll have her um, on a little bit later. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. I didn't Check watch out. Swarm yet. I'm going to start Swarm today. I didn't realize it was out already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Swarm has... I've heard the whole I've heard the whole sort of spectrum of opinions on Swarm. Everybody agrees that it's a good show, but people 
like have different reasons why they agree that it's a good show. Like my one, one of my homeboys. And let me tell you guys something. I, I want to talk to my friends real quick. I want them to know that we're now 42 years old. Okay. And sometimes we have to catch ourselves. So a friend of mine called me. He was like, yo, did you see Swarm? And I was like, no, I didn't see it. He was like, bro, you got to see it, bro. It's a part on Swarm where Chloe Bailey is getting her cake smashed out. And I was like, my nigga, I don't know if that's okay. Which part? <laughs> that he said it or that she has sex scene? She can have whatever sex. She's a grown-ass fucking woman. But like, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know, bro. It don't feel right. You know what I mean? He was like, wow, man, she grown, bro. She grown. And then like, what happens is when ho- when my homies from back home, when they get mad, the Baton Rouge comes out. Because mm-hmm. we have a distinctive way of speaking that we grew up with, you know? Okay. You know, man, like when we get mad, man, whoop, uh, whoop a nigga ass, man. And fuck that nigga, man. You know what I'm saying? See, I see how Boosie act. That's how niggas really act from Baton Rouge. <laughs> man, fuck. That nigga, man, man, fuck that shit, nigga. Huh? Okay. That's how niggas act. Okay. That's how they act, bro. They they do like this. You know, it's all like, man, bitch, bitch, puss ass, nigga, puss ass, nigga, puss ass, nigga. Donnie bleep all this. What? what? <laughs> I get it. I'm just saying. Right. That's it's just it. a lot for our listeners. That's bleep some of it, Donnie. <laughs> that's how they talk. I, I believe you. And so when he was telling me about it and I challenged him, he kind of went back into that mode. And it was so, so he cursed you out. Nah, he didn't curse me out, but it was like, man, see, man, that's why nigga can't talk to you. Like, nigga, you try to act like you, you on that woke shit, nigga. Like, you on that, I'm talking, man, that girl grown, bruh. Them yams, it was yamming. I'm like, I don't know, dog. Like, she used to be singing on like the YouTube situation. And it's like, I didn't see her when she was too young, bruh. I can't, I mean, obviously she's fine, but. I don't have. I'm not. I haven't seen the scene that everybody's talking about. I don't. Oh, yeah, I'm not, right. I don't think that I'll have a problem with the scene, but just he came across as a dirty old man. He was mad. He's still mad. He's, he's a dirty mad. old man to you because she's young, he's and a, you still see her as young. He's a because dirt- would you have felt that way if he was talking about Ashanti was in that was in that same role? Nah, man. Nah. See, okay, nah, let's break this down. Nah, so it's different for Ashanti. He wouldn't be a dirty old man if it was Ashanti. So we is it Chloe Bailey's age? Is it because you can't see Chloe Bailey outside of being the young girl you okay. originally met her? Chloe as? Bailey is a sexy lady. Okay. Beautiful, yes. Beautiful lady. All of it. The whole nine. To me, it's not about her age. It's about how I first met That's what her. I said. Exactly. Right. Ashanti, we've been on that Ashanti since we was that same age. And even like other people. Sierra's been out for like a long time. She was young when she first came out, but we were young. It's like if you see somebody and it's like it would have been like if my dad was like, oh, shit, Rudy. You see Rudy on the cover of the King magazine? Rudy. I'd be like, come on, dad. I'd be like that if anybody was talking that way about uh, Rudy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you remember you see Rudy, Rudy all grown up. Oh boy, that that Rudy like, grown up nice. I don't know, man. It's just, I don't. It's not weird. It's just so unfair. I feel like to Chloe. Like at one point, are we just going to let her just be exactly who she wants to be? See, see where you're taking it. 
And where's that? See, see, I didn't. I'm saying. No, I know. It's I'm, okay I'm not for even her. targeting I'm you. I'm talking about him. No, I'm not targeting you. He called you. me like, you got to tune into the yam cam. Well, and I'm like, I don't know, bruh, if we should be yam cam and Chloe, you and I, dog. It's for the, let the younger niggas yam cam her up. I feel like if so you. So what, at what age should you stop yam camming? 35. You can't yam cam th- Chloe. Wait, if 35 if you're what age? If you're, if you're currently over 35. You gotta let the younger niggas yam cam Chloe. You can't really yam cam so over thirty five. So age is a thing. What I mean is, if you're, this is what I mean. When Chloe was a young child, I was in my thirties. Okay. I'm not Larsa Pippen. I was literally thinking Larsa Pippen at this point. <laughs> people get older. People grow up. We should watch the scene. Hold on. I've seen it. Oh, you saw the scene? I seen it. It lasts see. all of 15 seconds and you don't even see Chloe's face. Well, shit, to be honest with you, when the yams is yamming like that, sometimes that's all you can get. You know, sometimes it's only going to be that long. I was looking at Damson. Oh, daddy. Oh, it's with Damson? Mm-hmm. Oh, let me see. Let me see. I have, I let's see. Damson, Idris, Chloe. Damson and Are Chloe. Are you on Twitter? Yeah. Okay. Damson and Chloe. Chloe, boom. Let me see. Hey, have you seen the scene, um, Donnie? Yeah, I watched the first episode. It, uh, Don, you it's like it happens dog. in like the yeah, first exactly. five to ten minutes of the of the first. It's like episode. the second scene. Is this an HR? Violation. I mean, yeah, it's yams. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's you know. You know what bothers me? Chloe talked about how nervous she was to do this, mm-hmm. and how she was not necessarily afraid of what people were gonna say, but you know, she talked about how she's. What did she say? Wait, I think I. She said that she's. She said, as open and liberal as I am about my body, I was very scared because I haven't had that many partners. And she talked about. She said, I'm not like that. Like that's sexual and open, but she talks. She goes on to talk about how Damson made her feel comfortable. So she was very nervous about stepping into this role and doing and having this scene. Here comes the van smirk. Just when that happens, just zoom in on his face. <laughs> just zoom in on his face. But no, real talk. Right. She accepted this role. She's excited about this movie. There's a 15 second sex scene in it. She was nervous about it. I would imagine anybody having a sex scene that's never had one before before would be very nervous. And all people are talking about is like, how dare Chloe do this? And she needs better mentors. And who does she think she is? And I just feel like she's so unfairly judged. She obviously liked this part. There was the scene in it. She's more than just this one scene. And people just hold her to an unfair standard. And I hate that for Chloe. It's not fair. I agree. Anybody else would do it. You watch Euphoria? I don't. The way the way those can I, teens can I, are. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I I don't watch Euphoria because and by the way, let's be honest about this. There's hypocrisy here from me. Mhm. Because it doesn't really have anything to do with the age at all. Cuz in my OnlyFans days, <laughs> when I was a subscriber 
<laughs> it's not like there was any cutoff, right? 24, 25, sure. all of that, 23, whatever. It's only the fact that you watch the growth. Now, with Chloe, I think that the role itself, people get naked and have sex scenes on camera. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Kate Winslet, Titanic, is probably around the same age. It's, just, it's, like, it's, like, it's part of the story. It's, part of, it's not that big of a deal. It's never that big of a deal to have a sex scene in a movie, no matter how far the sex scene goes to me. It's not that big of a deal. But in talking to my homie, it just felt weird. The whole conversation felt weird. And I don't know why it felt weird. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is part of it. Maybe I need to let go of it. But it just felt weird. Like, you know, call me up. Like, talk about Ashanti. We could talk about Ashanti. Like, call up. Damn, did you see Ashanti? Yeah. Is there jams, anybody jams. else you do that with other than Chloe? Because you're not alone, right? Other people feel this way about her. What do you mean? Is there anybody else do it? What do you mean? Like, is there, there other? any other younger actress that you would, that you would feel? Because it's almost like you feel protective a little bit over Chloe. Storm Reed. Yeah, that would be like a sharp contrast. At least there's been a buildup with Chloe where she's, mm-hmm. you know, she's been more. Storm, no, Storm is a beautiful. No, wa- I know. Well, she's, that's, that is a beautiful young woman. But for some, like, for some reason, and like the my younger homies and my, not my younger homies, my younger uh, cousins and stuff like that. I remember specifically um, uh, one of my younger family members hit me up and they saw that we follow each other. It's like, hey, do you know her, bro? They're like, she's number one on their list. Like, she's one of the top ones that they love, right? And it's, I'm like, leave her alone. Don't talk to her. Storm's wrinkling time. Let Storm, you know? That's also because you know her. A little bit, yeah. but not like really. But you know what I mean? So it's like, I get it. I don't know. Maybe it's just like an older dude thing to be kind of like, I don't know. They were once young. But now they're not young anymore. Well, people need to leave her alone. Leave there are plenty of other shows with young people having sex and they don't get fairly judged. Nobody's saying anything about Damson. Damson. In that scene. You liked him. You liked that. You liked Damson. You enjoyed that. All of that. Look at that. You're like, God damn, I haven't seen chocolate like that in a while. You're like, you're like shit. Look at it. The sweat is different. all right we actually gave you guys a topic during pleasantries we went too long but the big deal of the day is on the other side of this break and that is donald trump and his arrest (laughs) um (laughs) great great (laughs) (laughs) this episode is brought to you by hyundai You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Rachel. Uh Uh-huh. Donald Trump has his troops on high alert. Got everybody. Yeah, man. Ready to go. Trump, Trump world, the MAGA situation is back popping again. And Trump. Full force. Full force. Trump is getting his people prepared for his potential arrest. Now, it is Monday as we are recording, but by the time this comes out, Tuesday, 
Donald Trump says. Now, he might be on his way to the bing, and he has encouraged all of his followers because these are not, you know, supporters anymore. These are followers of the cult of Trump um, to come out and protest and take their country back. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, this is uh, surrounding the potential indictment that Trump might face in New York. Um, over the, the allegations, whether or not he actually used campaign finances to pay hush money to Stormy Daniels. Rachel, your thoughts? I think this is really scary. And it's not because Donald Trump took to his Twitter and said and encouraged people to protest. It's like what all of this represents. Um, I don't know if you heard what Chris Rock said. He spoke at the Mark Twain Award event that they had and Adam Sandler was being honored. And he said, he like talked to Nancy Pelosi in the audience and he was like, why are you arresting Trump? Don't you think, don't you realize this is going to make him even more popular? He said, it's like arresting Tupac. Okay. Not the same thing, but you know. Chris Rock said that? hmm He said what? Mm-hmm. He said it's like arresting Tupac. Not saying, I'm not agreeing with that. The point is... Is this nigga going to figure it out? No. Uh, this late in the game? I'm no... Hold on, man. Wait a second. Wait a second, bro. I don't want to do the revisionist history on Chris Rock. There's something new that's happened to Chris Rock. Chris Rock, back in the day, was at least when I was coming up, maybe I was different, but it seemed like Chris Rock could be counted on for some useful pontifications and observations about the sort of American condition. This Back in the day, it seemed like he was... There's a, a whole narrative about Chris Rock always pandering to white people and letting white people get away with certain things. Like, there's videos of him allowing other comedians to say the N-word. That's, that's, people, see, that's recent, though. Be, people have constantly talked about the way the he's talked years. about black women. There's a, there's, a, there's a whole group of people who have not liked Chris Rock and the way that he does his comic thing for a while. Like, that's not new. It's, I would say it's 50-50. Higher learning deep dive all on Chris Rock, are you in? Because like, it's like arresting Tupac. Why bring Tupac into it? What was the point it's of that? It's just like not funny. His point was that you're making, you're going to make him more popular. That was his whole thing, right? Why are you arresting Trump? You're going to make him more popular. As I said from the beginning, not the same thing by saying it's like arresting Tupac, but, I, but the point that he's trying to make is, is that this is going to make Donald Trump more popular. And I do, the reason I say that this is bigger than just him making this tweet and this statement about the protesting, encouraging people to protest, is because of he's at this point making himself a victim of political prosecution. He's doing this to garner sympathy ahead of what may come, right? Because the DA's right. office hasn't even said that they're going to arrest him on Tuesday. It's likely to ha- that an arrest will happen. Don't know if it'll happen Tuesday, but he's already getting people geared up. I mean, the GOP was running to make statements, um, running to call this a political attack rather than acknowledging that there is any criminal conduct here on behalf of Donald Trump, re- rather than letting the criminal justice system um, hear the case, they are completely inserting themselves. There's personal attacks against the DA, who's black here, first black DA in Manhattan. There's personal attacks against Biden. There's personal attacks against the Democrats. <clears throat> All of this to muddy the waters. And rather than just allowing this to be litigated, they're politicizing this. And I think this is showing what's to come. They're even bullying 
people in the Republican Party who aren't making statements, particularly Ron DeSantis, who had to eventually come out and say something because both Donald Trump Jr. called him out. Trump and his people called him out for staying quiet and not saying anything. So now he comes out and makes a statement. So he is forced because he's so afraid of being silent. He's so afraid of what Trump and the Trumpers will say that he has to align himself with Trump's ideology, whether he believes it or not. They're bullying him into following his way. And I think the bigger thing of what it's doing is showing how much power Trump still has over this party because people are running to support him, running to defend him. And this is what we saw before. It's almost as if nothing has changed. Nobody's standing up to him. So for those of you who don't know, Donald Trump uh, called Stormy Daniels back in 2007. And he asked her, he said, hey, come meet with me. You might be on Celebrity Apprentice. I want to talk about being on Celebrity Apprentice. She went to Lake Tahoe to meet him. And according to Stormy Daniels, they fought. Okay, so then after this, there was another meeting between them where there was no sex hash. She did not end up getting the job on Celebrity Apprentice. Um, when Donald Trump ran for president, Stormy Daniels was going to go talk to In Touch Magazine um, at some point after this. And it... She was going to get $15,000. She did not get that $15,000. It never came out because Michael Cohen and Donald Trump threatened to sue in Touch Magazine. When Trump ran for president, um, he, he paid $125,000 to Stormy Daniels. The situation is that this was paid. It was given to Michael Cohen and paid to Stormy Daniels. Then Michael Cohen was reimbursed. Mm-hmm. So the question is about where the money came from. Michael Cohen Trump paid it and said that this was paid to, to Cohen for legal services. Yeah. Cohen then paid Stormy Daniels. Question is now, did the money come, uh, from things that were involved in the campaign to give to Michael Cohen to give to Stormy Daniels? And if Donald Trump did this, is that in fact, um, A, against campaign finance regulations and then B, a misdemeanor charge that people are talking about because the campaign finance regulations is a big one. Then the misdemeanor charge would be uh, whether or not Trump was mislabeling. Falsifying business records. Falsifying business records. Absolutely. And I've heard compelling arguments about wh- why the falsification of biz- business uh, records is a big deal. And obviously... um, sort of misappropriating campaign finance stuff is a big deal. Mm-hmm. If you're being all the way honest, I don't think this case is that big of a deal. I don't. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And it's obviously politically motiv- motivated. Mm-hmm. It's obviously politically motivated. That's why I would argue that Donald Trump, by the way, when I say politically motivated, I don't mean that to say to sully the uh, the integrity of the case. Okay? Okay. Okay, this is what I mean. Look, Explain. I'm calling a spade a spade. All right. Uh, when Bill Clinton was under prosecution um, for perjury, he actually lied. Mm-hmm. And his prosecution was politically motivated. He actually did something wrong. He actually lied. And the reason why they made such a big deal about it was because of who Bill Clinton was. And that's so if Donald Trump was not running for office again. I don't think anyone would give a fuck about this. 
Well, hold on. No, 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 no. Wrong. If Donald Trump wasn't running for office again, they would still do this. I do. I do think that. Mm-hmm. I do. I think they would still do this. But had Donald, if Donald Trump hadn't been the president and this was some other situation, he probably, this probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. Part of this is because Donald Trump is seen as, rightly so, this malevolent force um, in American political discourse and discussion. And there are people that want to short circuit that force and cut the head off that rattlesnake. And that's because of who he is, not as the celebrity apprentice guy or not as the uh, fake billionaire Manhattan real estate guy. It's who he is as the figurehead of the Republican Party, the spearhead of this sort of uh, um, really pernicious political movement uh, and the former president. So I think everybody's being bullied here. I think Donald Trump has a meat cleaver hanging over the Republicans' head because if they do not nominate him, he could run third party and fuck them up, mm-hmm. right? And they want the presidency back. So they're being bullied into legitimizing any single gripe that Donald Trump has. Yeah. Any single gripe that Donald Trump has. It remains to be seen whether or not the Republicans will feel so bullied that they will all throw their support behind Donald Trump because they can't move on from him without him taking the whole ship down. But I th- I feel like Lazard, who is the uh, the district attorney in New York, he probably feels... Bragg is the district why attorney am I, why in am New I calling, York. Why am I calling him? Is it Alan Bragg? Alvin, I think. Alvin Bragg. You know, you know why I call, you know why I just called out Lazard because I was playing with the Green Bay Packers last night on Madden, <laughs> throwing That's dimes <laughs> to Lazard. Just Lazard was all it's over crazy. the field. That's what you put. I got Madden on the brain. Madden gangs. So anyway, uh, Bragg. He probably feels a fair degree of, of pressure. That being uh, political pressure and career pressure to also bring this indictment because the more you look into this, the more this is. A difficult case. It's not an easy case. No, it's not going to be an easy case. But it's like, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I And for brag. But if they don't win, it's worse. It's kind of what we were talking about with the documents. If, if you decide to go after Trump, you almost have to win because the other side of it is going to be worse. They will take the fact that he beat it as it, as in, see, I told you there was nothing there. See, they're just after me. This was a witch hunt. See, this was all politically motivated. See, this person donated to Bragg's campaign. This person was, you know, is a Democrat going for, you know what I mean? It's just going to be so, add so much fuel to the fire. It's almost worse. So it's like, do you go after Trump? Because it's, he act, there's actually a crime here and you believe that? Or do you not go after Trump just for fear of what could happen should you lose this? I am, that's why I say this whole issue is bigger than this tweet, than just the arrest. It's like so, there's just so much more to it and, and the impact that it's going to have with the 2024 election. Can I ask you a question? Seriously. Mm-hmm. When we say energize Trump supporters, mm-hmm. what do we mean by that? Meaning, so if you, people say, if you indict here, mm-hmm. there are some people say that if you die and you don't get him, uh, you ensure that he wins the White House. There are some people that say if you indict, period, you're in, you ensure uh, that he gets the White House, right? An indictment, period, because he can still run if he's under indictment, right? Like an indictment, period, means that Donald Trump 
Um, it, it makes him stronger, whatever. Mm-hmm. Why do we think that? I'm not so sure I believe that. That it makes him stronger if you if so if he so if he beats it either way. So if the if we're talking about Donald Trump's forty percent of Americans or whatever it is, mm-hmm. the let's call it thirty six percent of Americans that are going to vote for Donald Trump no matter what. Mm-hmm. Do we believe that those people in an election where Donald Trump asked for their support are going to ever stay home? I don't think they will. Okay. I think if Donald Trump is running for a public office, then those people will vote for Donald Trump and they will come out and vote for Donald Trump. He's going to get, he's going to turn them out. Okay. Okay. If we're talking about people that make up a five to 10%, 10% swing population. Mm-hmm. All right. A swing population of voters, not the other people who are going to vote Democrat no mm-hmm. matter what, the swing population of voters. Mm-hmm. Are we saying that those people who didn't vote for the Trump party and the Trump candidates last time and who didn't vote for them in 2020 are going to vote for them? This 5 to 10. Because they think that Trump is being treated unfairly? I think that there are a lot of people are within that percentage who don't, who do feel that it is politically motivated and they don't like that. And that's going to change them from having voted for someone else in 2020 and someone else potentially in 2022 to voting for Donald Trump now. And they're going to do this because they think he's being treated unfairly by the government. I'm not, I, I, I know that everyone is afraid of riling up the Trump people, but I don't know how much a of a difference that any of this makes because I, I'd argue on the other side that if he is indicted mm-hmm. and it looks like they got him, mm-hmm. that those people that support Trump will still support no, him. No, no, I'm not talking about the people who are MAGA, who are Trumpers. There's no, there's no changing them. That's, they are who they are. I'm talking about the people more in the middle, the, the five to 10% or whatever that percentage is that you're talking about. I do think there are a lot of people who could look at this as like, this is getting too messy. It's a witch hunt. Why are they going after him? Just in the same way that you said, I think that this is a weak, a weaker case. I think that there's something else that you said, whatever it was, it was more middle ground. Or you take the, the stance that Chris Rock had that said, why are you going after him? I think there's a lot of people who think that way. And I think it could make them be displeased with what the Democrats are doing because they think that maybe they're going too far. They do think it's a bit of a witch hunt. People don't like that. They don't want to see that. Why, why is the gut? It seems like the government is involved with what's happening with this criminal case. Some people may look at it that way. And because they look at it that way, that would make them be sympathetic and cast their vote for Donald Trump? Or will it make them them stay home? It might make them stay home. Mm. It might might make them stay home. Because remember, these are are people in the middle, right? So you already might be feeling a certain way about the Biden-Harris administration. You might not be that pleased with what they're doing. You're on the fence. Then if you see, oh, it looks like they're going after him and it's politically motivated, why are you wasting your time with this? Why are you wasting resources with this? Why are you focusing? Why are you so fixated on Trump? I wouldn't be shocked if they just, they're just displeased with government, period, and stay home. I wouldn't be surprised with that. So I think you could lose voters. You might, okay? You might. 
But if he lose, I say if he loses. Right. I mean, I'm sorry, if he beats the case as well. I'm sorry. What I'm saying is I feel like there's been a clear pattern of American disenchantment with Trumpism. Not as much as we would like it to be, but and when I say American disenchantment, I mean what it takes to win national and state elections. Not as much as we would like it to be. Um, but enough that you lost the presidential race, that you didn't pick up as many seats mm-hmm. um, as you should have last time. And these are people that are voting, right? Yeah. Might they lose faith in the Democrats and decide that they want to give DeSantis a spin? Or decide that they want to... Not they, the they, track that DeSantis is on now. He's too extreme. I mean, maybe, or whomever, or be it Nikki Haley, uh, be it uh, Tim Scott, be it whomever they're going to run, okay? Uh, whoever they got running, Mike Pence, whomever. Um, if things get a lot worse and we continue to see some of the issues we're seeing with the banking system and the economy craters a little bit. But to reignite the Trump train, I don't know how, if Trump is going to win in 2024, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure there's much that can happen between then and now that can ensure that. Like America has a, a dissertation in who Donald Trump is. We, we have encyclopedic knowledge on Donald Trump, encyclopedic mm-hmm. knowledge. You know what's funny? Like the American algorithm is broken. You know how like if you go on YouTube and you see people that, post certain things and they have stars over certain words, you know. No. The YouTube algorithm punishes you for having certain words in the title of one of your videos. So if you go and you say someone sexually assaulted somebody and, and that's part of it, so-and-so accuses somebody else of sexual assault, you will see when they post that video on YouTube that there'll be stars over assault. Because they don't want the algorithm oh, to not suggest the video. Mm-hmm. Or when they upload these videos after they've done live streams, they'll bleep out the curse words. Mm. Because they don't want the algorithm to, 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 to not suggest the video. The algorithm, the algorithm doesn't like it when it sees certain words. Words like rape, curse words, abuse, all of that stuff. Okay. They want to promote nice stuff to people mm-hmm. and stuff that people, hey, get behind it type stuff. America's algorithm is broken. We continue to indulge into the same keywords like over and over and over again. We cannot turn Trump off. Nobody can. Everybody right now is captured up by who Trump is. You, it's become, and don't get me wrong, I do think that Donald Trump pr- pr- provides a very specific threat. And I'm not downplaying that. Like what he did when he went on Truth Social. That's an attempt to, in my opinion, inspire violence, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Okay? I am starting to wonder what the fixation on his every move does for people. What it does for me. Like why are, we're so scared that while it's Trump, Trump world, MAGA, all of these are keywords that should automatically make it um, uh, sort of, they should automatically divorce us from whatever is being talked about. We can't 
help but be indulged in it. Because one side is scared to not be close to him and the other side is scared of what he might do. I've never seen anything like this. You say we indulge in it. Are you talking about us as the public? Are you talking about the media? Are you I'm talking, talking about, about every time Trump farts, we sniff it. So can the argument be made because when he was farting before, to use Ooh. your, your example, Ooh, we didn't take it seriously or we didn't always pay attention that. to it. I, I get it. I understand that. And then we've seen it, what what it can do. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? And no. so I think there you have to take the things that he says seriously because his Trumpers do. The yeah. Trumpers do. Yeah. And they act on it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. right now, you've got you've got people threatening the life of the DA because Trump called him racist and said that he was attacking him and after him. Like it's a real threat. I would not be shocked if somebody tries to take, God forbid, like try to harm him because of the things Trump's saying, and now he's being threatened in that way. The DA has had to come out and make offices come out and made a statement that they're gonna still pursue and go think uh, the route that they want to in the name of justice rather than fear of what that audience is trying to do to him. So if you're bragged, then what do you do? Do you feel like, so you, you do your job and your job is to, let me ask you this. John Edwards had a case that wasn't quite the same as this one. Um, John Edwards had a donor back in the G uh, pay for I think it was the abortion of a woman that he, he had got pregnant or something like that, or put hush money to someone who he got pregnant. Um, and that was a donor that paid for it. John, they acquitted John Edwards in that case. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, th- this is, the stakes are so high here. Yes. I- and this doesn't seem to be a slam dunk issue. The, the Georgia case, the Georgia case is the big, yeah, which involves, the integrity of American elections is the big one. But now everything is this thing to where there's so much pressure on people to do what other people think they should do. Like if, 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 if Bragg was to say, you know what, we looked at this because the feds already kicked it, right? Yeah. If, if, if Bragg, if Bragg was to say, we looked at this and we decided this wasn't a good use of our resources, they would tear that nigga that's what I said. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. But that's because we're so connected that's, and so emotionally connected to everything that Donald Trump does. it's also because of what Trump would do. If he says, I'm not going to, Trump would come out and say, because I'm innocent and they were just after me. It's, it's not us as much. It's almost a response to what Trump does. And you almost have to because... Mm. You can't anymore just say that's just somebody talking because people take everything he says as the truth and they act on it and they believe it. I mean, you got people on trial right now. I think they actually convicted some of them today. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, Donnie, who, you know, are part of the January 6th riot. So, like, you can't just say that's just Trump anymore. I know. You have to respond. At, at this point, I'm just, you know, and I don't want to be a dead Mule. But at this point, I just wonder what's the best way to move on from Trumpism? Like, what's the best way to, to, to deal with it? I mean, to me, nobody's above the law. If you broke the law, then you should have to face the consequences. Although, you know, I don't really give a fuck if people go to jail or not. 
But nobody's above the law. If you broke the law, you should face, face the consequences. It just seems like there's so much at stake here. Mm-hmm. And when you really look at it, there's not as much meat on the bone as you would like there to be. You know why we can't move on? And we, I guess I mean liberals, progressives, because the GOP hasn't. He's still, he's bullying people, as I said earlier, into making statements, into aligning themselves with him. So like, they're all standing behind him. They're a force behind him. So it's like, we can't ignore it. Um, We have somebody that's going to sit down and talk to us. Chelsea Stark Jones. Mm-hmm. Now, if you guys know the podcast and you're big fans, then you know that Chelsea's on the Ringer team over here at Spotify. She's got a new podcast coming out. Okay. It's called Blackballed. Man, just keep moving Black on. Blackballed. Just keep moving on. Is the name of the podcast. <laughs> the podcast is uh, a history of interracial porn scenes in America. It starts off from the very early black and white era of pornography and it leads all the way up to black.com which is now that, no, that's not what it's about. It is uh, about Kenny Washington, Woody Stroh, Bill Willis, and Marion Motley, who reintegrated professional football in 1946. You guys, I can tell you something about this podcast. I can't wait till Chelsea comes in to talk about it. I once was at the ringer all day long here at Spotify and like, like fucking around, talking to people. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was just messing around being a social butterfly in the office, talking to different people, Chelsea was working diligently on this podcast. And so I'm very happy uh, that it's finally, you know, seeing the light of day. She's going to come talk to us. Uh, We're going to do that when we come back from the other side of this break. All right, we're back. Um, We got Chelsea here. Chelsea, podcast manager at The Ringer. What made you want to step from behind the curtains? And host uh, this podcast. Oh, wow. Um, Well, I pitched this podcast. Uh, We have these ringer brainstorms. Mm -hmm. And we had an NFL one. And I pitched the show with no intention of hosting it or reporting on it whatsoever. I just Mm -hmm. thought we should do this. This is important. And um, I was talking to Vikram. Vikram. Yep. And Connor Nevins about my time at the NFL. Mm -hmm. And how much... I felt conflicted about my time there because I was very proud of the work that I did, but I felt very undervalued while I was there. And through my passion of talking about it and like how at times it's hard for me to watch football on Sundays and stuff like that, they figured I'd be the best person to tell this story. So Mm. it was through that conversation. I was a little bit reluctant because it's an important story. It takes a lot of my personal background and stuff too. And um, yeah, so that's how it all came to be. So what kind of journey is Blackballed going to take us on? Because it's not the one that Van... Yes, it is not. Interracial porn. That would be a good, that would be a good podcast. Well, you work on that. <laughs> I'll do it. If they, if they, Chelsea's <laughs> hard work was not based on that. Yeah, that at all. It's fine. Very important subject. Um, yeah. So Blackballed tells the story of Kenny Washington, Woody Strode, uh, Bill Willis, and Maria Motley. Um, who integrated and reintegrated professional football. Um, Kenny and Woody did it in LA with the Rams, and Bill and Marion did it in Cleveland. And what we see and what we learn about their experience is they, Black people in the 1930s to the 40s for over a decade, were blackballed from playing professional football, specifically the NFL at the time. And um, 
this was for a bunch of reasons, but they we we look at their issue and what they went through and how we still see some of those things happening today within mm. the NFL from Colin Kaepernick to Brian Flores to positional racism and Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and so much of how the past informs the present and the NFL doesn't acknowledge this dark history. Um, they're slowly starting to acknowledge these players and and honor them in some ways, but for the most part, it's it was integrated. It wasn't there was a gentleman's agreement, is what what it was called, as the owners band together. And so my thought behind it is is because they ignored it for so long, is a lot of the reasons why we're seeing the issues that we're seeing today. Mm. Um what'd you learn? Wow. Um so I was somewhat familiar about their story when I worked at the NFL. I did a, a documentary on Fritz Pollard, and um, that's how I first came to learn about them. But the most interesting tidbit of it was for Kenny and Woody. They both played for UCLA. They actually both played a year um, with Jackie Robinson. And um, they were six years post-grad um, before they start, signed with the Rams. And how that all came to be was through Black journalists in Los Angeles pretty much petitioning and challenging the owners of the Rams because they moved from Cleveland to LA, saying, if you want to play in the LA Memorial Coliseum, you have to employ a Black person because this is a publicly owned space and we are not going to allow our tax dollars to promote a segregated wow. sport. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was truly that power of the Black media at the time, which was very prominent in Los Angeles, that that got them on the roster, specifically Kenny. And then they allowed Kenny to have a roommate, and Woody Strode was his best friend. So that's how they became the first two to break the color barrier in the NFL. Wow. Is the NFL racist? <laughs> I, I think the NFL has a lot of problematic things to do with race. I, it's, it's hard for me because I've worked there um, for 10 years. So I don't like to generalize the NFL entirely because I know so many wonderful people, wonderful Black people that work there and that have tried to do a lot of work to break down a lot of these systemic barriers that we face. Um but I don't think that the NFL it cares enough to go beyond the the posturing, the public posturing that they do um, to really fix the issues that they have with with their with race from employment, not just on the field, but executives, media group. There's so much more that could be done that they just aren't doing, and they're choosing not to do. Why? Well, I spoke with Jim Trotter, who is a reporter with NFL Media, and I asked him this question. Um, and I think his his answer was telling, and I think it's pretty spot on, is that they're not seeing it affect their bottom line. And so therefore, it's not a priority for them. So with that, you know, we're not losing viewership. I watch football every Sunday still. And even though I feel wronged by them or I feel like they're doing so many wrong things. So until they see it affect them in in a way that's monetary, I don't think anything's really going to change. I say, yes, they are racist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think the compromises that we make in watching football are the same compromises that we make supporting and endeavoring into racist structures 
that we live with and interact with in our daily life all the time. There is an understanding, both intellectually and spiritually, this country is founded upon and uh, propped up by structural and institutional racism in every single part of it. And the NFL is no different. Mm -hmm. The fact that they would wait till it affects their bottom line to evolve, to me, proves this. Mm -hmm. I'll ask you a question. Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. How do you guys approach Colin's story? Uh, his relationship with the NFL and what happened in Blackball, or do you guys? We do. So the episode pretty much starts off with that. And we chose him and his story because, in my opinion, it's a clear correlation of a league of owners banding together to not let someone play and be on a team, similar to what happened in 1933 to 1946 when they banned together to not allow Black players on the team. Um, so we start that with, with him taking a knee, but we also talk about all the quarterbacks during that, what was it? 2017, 2016, uh, free agency that got opportunities to be put on a roster. Jay Cutler, Mike Glennon, Brian Hoyer, and how Bums. <laughs> we would see this, them starting to get picked up. And I remember back then I was working at the NFL Wondering why Colin Kaepernick wasn't signed to a team. And then, but you could pluck Jay Cutler off the couch after he retired. And I think he had two surgeries that season and he <laughs> is playing for the Dolphins. So we start with that. We get into Colin taking a knee and then also why he took a knee, which I also think for a lot of the nation, it was largely misinterpreted and his movement was hijacked by his reasoning for what for what he did and why why he did it. So we get into that as well. The gentleman's agreement. Mm -hmm. That's basically collusion, right? Yes. Can you talk a little bit about I I like I listened to the the first episode and I was like, well, this is so interesting because I didn't even know as a fan of football, I didn't know I wasn't familiar with some of these names mm -hmm. uh, when the sport was first integrated. And I definitely was not familiar with the gentleman's agreement. And then when I when you talked about it and I was like, this is literally collusion which we know Kaepernick, that's the case that he won against the NFL with Eric Reed. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about the gentleman's agreement? I don't want to give away too much. No, like, yeah, but it's, it's, it's interesting because it was something that's, it was an unknown secret or, or an unwritten secret. Mm -hmm. So everyone knew about it. It just wasn't spoken about. Like players, and the, granted, there were not a lot of black players in the NFL prior to 1933. There were a handful. But they started to notice that they were no longer having opportunities to play. And they noticed that when they would be college stars and they would be players that were that were sought after. And Kenny Washington, for example, was one of those. After his uh, senior year at UCLA, he played in the all college all-star game, which back then was weird, but they played against, all the college all-stars played against the um, defending champions. So they played against the Green Bay Packers. And they won some. Yes. Yeah. And Kenny Washington was the only black player on that college all-stars team. George Hallis seemingly had interest in, in, in signing him. But when he took it to the owners, they all declined. And, and so this gentleman's agreement was something that was never really like publicly set. And all the owners back then would deny it. But 
for me, I think a large issue or a large reason as to why it's not something that modern day NFL fans know about Mm -hmm. is because a lot of these owners, um, their families still own the teams. So we're looking at the Steelers, the Bears, the Giants, like they're legacy, legacy owners. And they're not going to talk badly or throw under the bus any yeah. any of their relatives. So I think it's it's really fascinating. It's really interesting. We kind of like, you know, I have ideas of like how this all came to be and whatnot, but it's, it's not widely discussed. Yeah. The name of the podcast is Blackballed. She's Chelsea Stark Jones. Um, she comes from royalty. <laughs> That's the same. Oh my God. Thanks, you guys man. have ever seen ever the book of Boba Fett Chelsea's father played Black Chrysanthemum the Wookiee bounty hunter in that you're gonna take your mic off the table <laughs> he's the man who else did he play I'm not watching man I only watched the first episode of Mandalorian so far but he plays the pirate in the season of Mandalorian wow yeah Star Wars royalty. Chelsea, I can't wait to listen to this. It's ex- yeah. it's exciting. It's uh, when exciting. is it when does it when does it drop? When it it comes out today, Tuesday, nice. and then the second episode will be released Thursday and mm-hmm. then uh episodes 3 and 4 next Tuesday and Thursday. So okay. it's all on the Ringer NFL feed. Um it's a labor of love. I got a lot of personal stuff kind of intertwined in it, but also, you know, elevating black stories and black undertold stories which I'm very excited and proud of that I was able to do this here at the, the Ringer wow it's amazing it's amazing congratulations congratulations Chelsea, Chelsea. alright um, you guys that was Chelsea Stark Jones before Chelsea goes um, something we talked about last podcast I'd just like to get this in real quick Van gave his power ranking of I don't want to because Chelsea also <laughs> Chelsea also is on Morally Corrupt show mm-hmm. okay. on the Ringer reality TV feed and um, Van gave his ranking of Potomac Housewives now I'm not going to ask you to critique Van's ranking because we all know it's trash it was bad yeah. but please give yours Ooh, okay. This is this is new for me. That was mean. It was not a good ranking, Van. Wow. <laughs> Giselle Bryant, number one. Mia, number two. It was the Mia. What well, everybody's going on me about the Mia thing. <laughs> it was the Mia. Uh, you, know, you know what? I'm coming on morally corrupt to defend this ranking with specific examples. By the way, I want to do. But anyway, go ahead. I want to <laughs> go ahead. Do your thing. We will. I will go with um, overall. Overall, yeah. yeah. Um. You know what? Deep cut. Monique Samuels is my number one. I miss her. Didn't she get kicked off the show because of violence? She left on her own accord. And she had one of the best reunion performances ever. I think the best reunion performance ever. Um, I will go with her number one. And her her enemy, Candace, I think will be number two. She's really pulled away this last season. Uh, The Grand Dame, number three. (sighs) I will give, uh, no, Ashley number three, Grand Dame four, Giselle, Robin Mia. Wendy? Wendy? Oh, Wendy. Wendy's before Giselle. Jesus Christ. (laughs) If you're going to name Monique as number one, you need to name her binder as number two. (laughs) (laughs) I remember to buy her about the The binder. binder. Pastor Holy Whore. I I, I, I I heard about the binder. The binder became elite television. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to call out somebody. Callie Curry. <laughs> Did she hit you up? <laughs> Callie Curry 
Come on, higher learning. Don't tweet me about my <laughs> ranking. Don't, Don't throw Cali Curly, Curly, Curly Cali, <laughs> Curly Cali, Juliet, everybody that got at me about my ranking. I'm down to come with all of you guys in the same come on the podcast and defend my ranking. Me against the world. <laughs> me and Giselle and, 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 and Mia against the world. <laughs> well, 7 a.m. on Friday, Van, you available? 7 a.m.? Yes. I'll do it. He's out. Okay, I'll let's do it. do it. I'll do it. I love this right. crossover. Right. Thanks, Bye. guys, for no having problem. me. Thank you for coming, <laughs> Chelsea. Um, okay. Uh, unfortunately, we have to take a trip back to Uvalde because the news demands it. There is new and, in my opinion, shocking information about the events that unfolded um, in the aftermath of a gunman taking aim at babies in Uvalde, Texas. Okay. So an investigation into this incident has found that the police waited an hour because they were scared of the AR-15 that the gunman had. During the 2022 school shooting where 19 children were killed, police officers in Uvalde, Texas, hesitated to enter the classroom where gunman Salvador Ramos was barricaded because they were afraid they were outgunned by his AR-15 style rifle. According to an investigation from the Texas Tribune, even though some of them had the same type of weapon. Uh, what's the safest way to do this? I'm not trying... Hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. There's no way that this police officer said this. Apparently he did. What's the safest way to do this? I'm not trying to get clapped out. One officer can be heard saying on radio communications obtained by the publication. Me neither. In real time, I'm reading this because when I sent the story over, I didn't see the quotes. That type of cowardice is almost funny. That is shocking and breathtaking cowardice. We just, we had no choice but to wait and try to get some, something that had better coverage to where we could actually stand up for him. Another officer said in a videotaped interview as part of the department's internal investigation of the incident. The decision to not confront the shooter swiftly may have potentially delayed medical care to some of the survivors of the tragedy and left Ramos in a classroom of panicked children for more than an hour before a Border Patrol SWAT team was able to arrive and neutralize the gunman. Even with an eventual force of nearly 400 officers, it took more than an hour to locate and kill Ramos. He killed 19 kids. A force of 400 officers. A force of 400 And officers. not one was, I'm not saying all 400 were there, but not one of those officers was courageous enough. They take a sworn oath to protect and serve, and not one of them could stand up and do that. Some of them were in the hallway listening to it happen, but were too afraid, too afraid to save the lives of children. 
when this is the job that you're supposed to do. Every single time news comes out, I had heard the reports about them not doing anything, about them being scared. I had not seen the I mean, we saw the video. Every single time a report comes out about Uvalde, it gets worse and worse and worse because before it was very general, right? They were talking about this was the fault of the police and there were systemic failures in regards to it, to what happened. But the, the more they get into the particulars, the sickening it is. I cannot imagine being a parent and knowing that my child could have been saved, but because a police officer was too scared to get to, to do what they're supposed to do, my child, my baby had to die. I can't even imagine this. And so, then Texas lawmakers won't do anything. They concluded that Uvalde massacre was worsened by a series of systemic failures and egregious decisions made by the police. Um, so obviously there are a couple of very glaring things here. I mean, they all have to do with decisions that have been made for us and things that we've decided. Um. All right. Before this, everyone involved had said that the fact that the guy had an AR-15 uh, wasn't a factor in their hesitation to go in and liberate the children and save their lives or get the gunman. Um. So that's a lie. It certainly was a factor. But there are competing narratives here, and the narratives come from all over the place. And we've heard these narratives before. Number one, we've heard that the cops are the uh, the good guys in every situation. And when they get to the situation, they'll make it better, even though they routinely kill. We've also heard that the AR-15 um, is a non-starter in terms of conversations about the safety of of targets in the country, be they schools, uh, be they schools or, 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 or churches, uh, the, the supermarkets, um, theaters, that the gun itself is not a factor in this, which this proves to be a lie. They were afraid because they didn't think that he could, uh, that they could, they could stand up against the weapon that he had. Um, and it's very important that we name this because we're going to forget again. We're going to forget again that uh, this gun is fearsome enough to scare guys who are trained with the very same weapon. And we're going to forget again that the police, when they're not failing systemically, mm. uh, are cowards. Mm-hmm. A large portion of the issues that we have with policing in terms of the uh, overreaches of authority and force is because cops say that they're scared. Like, you're scared of Mike Brown. He's 18 years old. He's like a a demon Hulk Hogan, you call him. So you got to kill him, right? Mm -hmm. You're scared. You don't know what somebody is going to do. You don't know if they're going to beat you to death. Trayvon Martin is in a fight with uh, George Zimmerman, who wasn't a police officer. And he starts to get his ass kicked after he initiated the fight. You're scared, so he's got to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. These guys are so scared that they won't save kids' lives. Right. What it seems like the police everywhere they exist 
have in common is cowardice. And I don't think that's controversial to say. I'm sure some people will be mad about it, but it seems Can't like deny that here. There's, you know, there's this cops. I hear this all the time. It's like I gotta think when I when I go onto a call, I'm thinking about going back home to my kids. And I understand that you're thinking about that. You're a human being. What you what you should be thinking about is what you're trained to think about is the de-escalation of the situation and the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is really incredible. And it's another thing that you look at it and we're we're being held hostage by this. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing you can do in Texas. It, it Like, you could literally, in, in Texas right now, you could have had these guys on video saying, fuck those kids. And nothing would change. Nothing. Less than a week after it happened, it might have been in the same week that the governor went to an NRA meeting, an NRA conference, you know, like a, hundred, a couple hundred miles away. All right. Because... It's all about who's giving the money, who's supporting them, and not upsetting their base. They said it before with Sandy Hook. If that wasn't going to change the laws, what happened in Uvalde wasn't going to change them either, sadly. And they're not going to hold police accountable. See, their way of holding police accountable in this situation was to fire the police chief as if he was the problem. And it's not. This is a force of 400 people, and not one of them could go in there and protect those children. And it speaks to the bigger issue with policing. Huh. It speaks to um sort of this gumbo of American failures. It really is like affecting. Like I'm a little discombobulated right now. This gumbo of failure that we're in. There's a little bit here and there's a little bit there and there's a little bit everywhere. Um different ingredients that are sourced from different places that are just making this uh, incredibly rich, um, societal dysfunction. And you just never know. You, you have, you, so what can you do here? There's a list of sacred cows. The AR 15 is sacred by, by some people. The police are sacred by some people. Like you, you can't have that. that this kind of bothers me when you can't have open and honest conversations about things. You can't talk about it without people emotionalized, uh, emo- uh, like getting emotional and getting offended about stuff. This is a real problem. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before on the podcast. And the most powerful fucking quote I've ever heard was from Albert Einstein. And the quote is that the most inconceivable thing about the universe is the fact that the universe is in fact conceivable. So the hardest thing for us to understand about all those stars and quasars and planets and black holes in the sky is that the math can check out. Mm -hmm. Like you can figure it out. There are answers. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the hardest thing about being a person right now. So many of these problems are looked at as these granite intractable eternal struggles and they're not not. like this is dead kids we can't care it's like it's really think about it man like think about where we are like just like you know what i'm saying it goes back to what we've said before 
The people who have the power don't care unless it directly affects them. And I feel you on everything that you're saying. They should care. They should want to care. But they don't because it doesn't directly impact them. So what's the answer? When we talk about policing or we talk about uh, guns and the sort of sort of death that we're sort of expected to to, to deal with, like, what's the answer? I don't know. You got it's what they did sitting outside or sitting in the hallway or too scared because he had an AR-15. They were putting themselves above everything else. They were being selfish. They were being human. And at the end of the day, we put these, we're taught that these police officers are heroes. I'm not saying that they don't do heroic things at some times, but they're taught that they're heroes and there's these saviors. But at the end of the day, they're human and they're going to put themselves over you. I just saw a law and order episode that just covered this police officers. Somebody got shot inside of a club and the police officers were too, was right there, but was too scared to saw the gunman with his gun and was too scared to do anything because he wanted to be able to go home to his family. So, so I don't know what the answer is. I, I don't. You did something a second there, a second ago. And it's interesting. You said, I'm not saying that police officers don't do heroic things. I'm not a guy who likes to think in absolutes. I, I try not to. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm being pushed into this weird, Fuck the police at every cost. They're all fucked. I don't give a fuck about them. And I, I, I just don't give a fuck. Like I don't, there's, you're never going to see, you're never going to see examples of great policing, right? And even when I see an example of great policing, you'll remember the guy that was rapping with the kids. Yes, I remember him. The fucking guy that was rapping with the kids. Rapping, they doing their whole thing. I'm on here, I'm reposting the nigga. He pulling up on a kid. They doing Gucci Mane, the whole fucking nine, whatever. Wasn't two years this motherfucker didn't fuck somebody up. It's on tape, on camera. Like I, I don't, I don't want to make the caveat anymore of that. There are some good ones. I'm not saying that you I'm were not, doing no, that. No, no, no. But I'm just saying I'm saying that that seemed like something. I'm not coming. I with was you. trying. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, saying I that get this you. this seemed like that seemed like the responsible thing to do at a time at a specific time. Now I'm kind of like, fuck them. I feel like I can do, the reason I did it that way is because I can acknowledge that there are good things that have been done, but that doesn't take away from me to say it's really messed up and it's a huge issue. And overall, it's a bigger problem. Like from where I'm sitting right now, bad does seem to outweigh the good, but I'm not, but I can still say, yeah, I'm sure there are heroic things that are done, but I don't want to say it in an absolute way, like nothing. So. But it's a huge issue. And I'm going to talk about the issue more than I'm going to talk about a pos- the positive. So the bad, I don't even know. It's kind of like what Chelsea was talking about with the NFL. Mm-hmm. Chelsea Stark Jones, Black Ball is the podcast. I, I don't even know if I can say incident for incident or whatever that the bad outweighs the good because I don't have the data. But what I can say is this. The inability or the unwillingness of police departments nationwide to confront the societal awakening and the shift um, and the discussion that's being had around policing, the their unwillingness in good faith mm-hmm. to talk to people, to have this conversation and admit 
that we're seeing significant failures and breakdowns everywhere. Yeah. Means you can't shoot them no bail. And it's the same thing with the gun people. I know a lot of gun motherfuckers. I do. I know a lot of gun motherfuckers. The uh, the most coward the most cowardly thing about the two way sort of talking points now is that they're unwilling to even admit that there is a problem. Absolutely. Or they do admit that there's a problem. They won't act on it. So the reason I say the bad outweighs the good, because if the system is bad, then it's bad. Yeah. But it's just like, is America a racist country? Well, right? back there now. Well, I'm just saying, like you I, could say you. no, but, yeah. or you could say yes, because you're not saying that every, every single thing in America is racist, but what it was founded on, why it started, how it was implemented. Mm -hmm. Was on was racist. So Not you can say the same thing about policing. My thing is, if you if someone asks you, is there a problem with policing in America? And you say, say yes. And you, okay, so one of you know is, we, is we the, go is back the police, to the. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. Back, I'm not debating you at this go, point. We can go I'm back just saying. to the, the whole. Is should she have said like now? People, <laughs> I'm not doing y'all. By the way, y'all fucking me up with my White House people. The White House people, I got like I got White House people, and now it's like, hey man, you don't like no, They're it's just fine. It's fine. It's just look. So last thing I say about that little addendum, addendum alert, little addendum is, I just want there to be a difference between Tim Scott and Kamala Harris on the question. You know, I'm not there saying, was in how they answered it though, as a whole. Hmm. Okay. Oh, no, there, there, no, there, there was no, there was, okay. there was no, okay. no. You know what? Let me be, let me be honest. There, there was. Okay. I just need the yes. I just I need, know, I not, know not even the wanted. yes. I just need the, because even if you, you know what I'm saying? Even if you ninja that bitch and you, I just don't want to hear the no. I know what you want. Okay. I know you, what you want. Okay. Okay. Look, love you. Hey, love you. I'd vote for you. You know what I mean? But just, and the last thing I'll say is like, I don't like, I'm, I don't root for politicians. I don't like any of them. None of them. Politician does a thing. Last guy, last politician dick I held was, was Obama. So last dick I held. I'm not holding no more dicks. No more dicks. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, no, I'm not dick holding for nobody. Cause the, they all, they, they, they get out of here, nigga. Like they, it's, it's like, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like, I'm not, I'm not dick holding no more politicians. So if you're, if you're, if you gotta, if you're a fan of somebody, I'm gonna piss you off. Um, cause I wanna know, you know. I'm, I'm getting cranky. Let's get to peak whiteness. I'm sorry. I'm getting cranky in my old age. Let's get to peak whiteness. Right. <laughs> uh, but Donnie, do you want to intro this Donnie, topic? Donnie, you intro this topic because you <laughs> couldn't fucking live without it. All right. Uh, it looks like Ben Affleck was sitting down with Kendrick Perkins. And um, I guess I'll let y'all judge whether or not he's putting on a black scent or if this is the Ben Affleck we know from... Pearl Harbor. Hold on. Outside of me, right? Who is your favorite Celtic? There's nobody outside of you. No. You're in my top 10. The 10 of my top 10 is you. <laughs> 09, 10, Kendrick Perkins. I put up against anybody in 2K. Uh, if I take you, come on, <laughs> come on, man. I guess I don't really know how Ben Affleck talks on a regular basis. I gotta hear it again. Let's, let's, let's hear One it again. One more time, let's, Donnie. Let's hear, let's hear it. Let's see. Let's give a, let's give a nigga percentage to this this. Let me hear it again. There's nobody outside of you. No. You're in my top 10. Oh, that was the first. <laughs> Wait, Donnie started over again. 
over again. My top Start 10. over again. There's nobody outside of you. No. You're in my top 10. The 10 of my top 10 is you. <laughs> oh, 9, 10, Kendrick Perkins. I put nah, up against been, anybody. Been doing it. Been doing it. It was, it was the first time right. I started I mean, been off. Doing it. Been doing it. Do we have, do we have Ben Affleck? Um, from anywhere else. Give me Ben Affleck from uh from when he's on. Oh, is he? Bill, Bill better ask him about Bill it. Gotta him Bill about gotta ask him about this. Hey, Bill, Bill. Is it in person? I think they recorded five Yeah. All right, look, I, I let me hear Ben Affleck from the time that he was on uh Real Time with Bill Maher. Just look it up. He was he was chiding Bill Maher about being a, an Islamophobe. This is a very popular clip. You should be able to get it very easily. And the reason why I'm using this clip is because I want I want an example of him being woke and being a great guy. Mm -hmm. I also want him with his dander up. I want angry white guy. Okay. Let's see okay. if the same voice comes see out. See if the same voice comes out. All right. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Right. Um, you know, we are endowed by our uh, forefathers with an inalienable aspect. All men are created. No, Ben, we have to be able to criticize bad ideas. And of course we do. Islam, no liberal doesn't okay, want to okay. criticize bad ideas. But Islam but why when, is the mother load of bad ideas. Jesus. So we have, we have That's ideas just a like, fact. like blasphemy. Not a no. It is it's a, an ugly apostasy. How about the more than a billion those, people those who aren't fanatical, who don't punch well, women, who just want to go to school? Wait a second. Wait a second. And don't do any of the things that you're saying all Muslims. Wait a second. Wait a Take the mm. There's too much crosstalk yeah, to really get it there. Say. Do we have another Ben Affleck um, that we uh, can do? Yeah, Ashley just sent me something. Hold on one second. Yeah. The first time I stepped behind the camera as a director, I felt terrified and exhilarated. I both had found the thing that I really, really wanted to do with my life and that it might kill me. Okay, now play the other one. I play the other one. Who is your favorite Celtic? There's nobody outside of you. No. You're in my top 10. The 10 of my top 10 is you. Okay, I have a theory. Go ahead. I have a theory. And this happens sometimes to white people. <laughs> Go ahead. Ben Affleck's voice is blackening. And it's happening naturally. This happens sometimes. Give me another example. Um, Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> just interviewed him recently. I didn't hear a blackening of the voice. So Billy Bob Thornton has always had a Southern drawl. Absolutely. But as the voice gets, as the age goes up, sometimes that voice can blacken a little bit. Okay, Ben's not Southern. Ben's not Southern at all. He's not, I'm not saying it is, but whatever's happening to his voice, because he sounds, those two interviews were a little later. And then the other one was from some years ago. I think he sound black in both of them. I, I think, have a, I think, I think he was feeding off of, this is devil's advocate. He was either putting on a black scent or he was feeding off of Kendrick Perkins's Alabama accent. Like he was listening to Kendrick Perkins and, you well, know, I sometimes. Am a person, I will, I am a person who can hear somebody's talk uh -huh. a certain way. And sometimes I reflect that. You 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 talk the way they talk. Yes. And I have noticed that like over some time or I might if someone's like, okay, okay, okay. Uh -huh. Sometimes I'll 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 say like, okay, okay, okay. Like I I kind of pick it up, it gets in my ear. So maybe that's what was happening. But his voice did not sound the same. Now I'm not gonna say that. Okay. It was not so a blackening of but I'm gonna agree with Donnie. I think he just 
took on a little bit of perk there. So let me ask you this. If Ben Affleck... And did you say Alabama accent? Don Where is Kendrick Parker's from? Is he Texas. not from Alabama? He's from Texas. He's from Texas. <laughs> My bad. I took that from Racist on your part, Don. <laughs> just, wow. <laughs> if, if, in fact, Ben Affleck is, you know, turning it up with Perk a little bit, like what is, I mean, what what's the... I just, people get excited sometimes, and he's like, what did he say? Why don't, do we ever get excited to talk like white people? Only, I, I feel like this doesn't work the other way. No, it doesn't work the other way. I don't think white people have voices that but I feel you like aspire I, to sound like. I might sound more Southern talking to a Southerner. Mm. So we Ben's good with us right now. It's not that extreme. It's not that, you know, we're not, that's who fucking it, cares, a, right? it, It's, it's is, funny. I, I fuck it's with Ben. It's funny to me. I mean, I fuck with Ben. I, like, yeah, I, you know, ben, I, it's not that big of a deal. I think it's funny. It's noticeable, but yeah. I think he's just reacting. To but this is another situation to where the person matters because it's like, the Iggy Azalea thing drives the fuck out of me. And it should. And it should. If the Iggy Azalea thing drives the fuck But Ben, you know, he got a little turned up with Kendrick Perkins. It's like, whatever. Like, you know who I feel like would do this? Who? Adele. Nah, see, if Adele did it, I'm I'm good with it, though. But I feel like she, she would She already do, did it. She yeah, was, she was like, over she in England. She would do something like this. With the whole fucking, she had the whole Jamaican flag around her torso. She was going was crazy. Was she talking? Probably. A certain way? Oh, my God. She was a... Uh, you could tell that she... Was oh, a, so you don't know you. Oh, my God. bro. There's no way that she was dressed up like that and she wasn't with her. <laughs> I'm the original Jamaican dandara. I kill for fun. Ah! You bumper clad your ass clad. Is it okay? Huh? Is it okay I for you for to fun. do that? That's is from it, Belly. Is it okay? That's I, from I, Belly. I've seen the movie. That, that, oh, is it well, okay? Surprising. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's like it's like I kill for fun, huh? Who are up with me? Is huh? it okay for you to do the accent? Who are up with me, huh? I did it. I'm the original rude boy. I kill for fun. Rest in peace, man. We lost Ox. Ox died. Rest in peace. I kill for fun, huh? Who are up? I kill. I rust glad, huh? <laughs> It's time. That was Adele. It's time. That was Adele <laughs> in, in the Notting Hill column. That was Adele. That was, I, I, I swear to God, that's what Adele was doing. Adele was over there like, who? Who all up with Adele, huh? Huh? Fire in the rain, huh? Okay. Um, that's it. That's it. The podcast is over? That's it. Who all up with Adele? That's not the... If you're winning Rome, you know? Oh. Winning Rome what? Winning Rome, you know what I'm saying? When in Rome, what? When in Rome, you Adele. When, 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 so when, Adele goes down to Baton Rouge and starts talking like you were in the podcast? Niggas That's will, when in Rome? Niggas would love it. Oh, my God. Adele would come down there. Walking across that dirty track at 2 o'clock in flat, bitch. Plop life, bitch. Huh? Oh, bitch-ass nigga. What? Huh? Plap life, bitch. Oh, bitch. Oh, ho-ass nigga. Oh, ho-ass bitch-ass nigga. Bet that, nigga. I bet, bet that bad rude nigga. That's that Southwest. That, okay. Uh, take your cops off, but do not stop learning. <laughs> I am Van Lathan Jr., bitch. I'm Rachel Lynn Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs>